I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family. It's North London Derby weekend. It's always a cracking fixture. Um, it will be played on Sunday afternoon at Emirates Stadium. I always feel excited for it in the build-up, but as it gets closer, you start to get the nerves and then you have to manage the nerves and then you'll either come away being happy or sad. That's just the way uh, the North London Derby goes. I'm delighted to say that joining me from the other side of the enemy lines uh, is Jack from the Rule the Roost podcast. Um, Jack, welcome, mate. How are you? How are you feeling going into uh, what's a big weekend for both our clubs? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Like you say, you know, sort of in the lead up to this, I've been having that bit of like, you know what, we're doing quite well at the moment under Ange. I'm, look I'm actually looking forward to this one. And then seeing you take... Uh, PSV to pieces the other night I was suddenly like oh I don't know actually they're looking all right again so the the nerves are starting to kick in a bit you know yeah it, it does feel that way you must have felt sick there as well listening to those Arsenal chants in the intro yeah <laughs> well you know <laughs> it's what it is mate it's what it is you know we've had good fun the past few years so you know it's time to take our medicine isn't it yeah I mean look obviously for us it's a derby that you know, has a very special place in our hearts. But is there a case to say now that this is the best derby in English football? Because I think over the last 10, 15 years, it's certainly been up there in terms of having two sides that are pretty competitive, um, relatively speaking. And in terms of, you know, the proximity of the clubs, all the rest of it, it's just, it's got all the ingredients, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, there's always some debate as to whether or not Liverpool against United as a derby, if it's City and United who should be considered a derby and all this sort of thing. But I think it, for a neutral anyway, it, none of them none of them touch this one, the North London derby right now, right? I mean, the two teams are, all right, you're a bit ahead of us again at the moment. And, you know, I'm sure you will always point out trophies and stuff. You know, I, I know you like to do that, but... For the past few years, at least, you know, Spurs have come up to more of a level closer to Arsenal now. And, you know, if you forgive me for saying you've maybe sort of dropped down a couple of levels from where you were in the sort of peak of the Wenger era. So we've kind of met in the middle. And I think that's really heightened, uh, heightened the sort of rivalry because it's, it's always been big. Even, you know, we're sort of talking back in the noughties when we were useless and you were flying, you know winning stuff and all that, which I, I sort of block out from my memory. But it was still it was still a fiercely contested derby, you know? And yeah, right, I know you sort of had your eyes on Man United at times and there was that narrative there, but I still think the North London derby, even back then in those dark days for Tottenham at least, had uh, had a sort of special place for, for fans, right? He's always had that edge. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And you're right. At times, we were looking at Manchester United, but that didn't stop you feeling the way that you feel when the North London derby came around. Um, I remember so many times wanting Tottenham actually to beat Manchester United for us when we were in title races. And of course, Tottenham uh, would always uh, decline that invitation and, and roll over and die and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, um, certainly. Doesn't sound like again, us, mate. Doesn't sound like us. <laughs> Never. <laughs> right. Um, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. Um, we're just having a casual chat about the derby. We're going to try um, and, um, and have a bit of a laugh and a joke about it as well, because um, I think, look, in the lead up to the derby, you always want to keep your powder dry, don't you, Jack? You, you don't want to go too big 
on your side. You don't want to go speaking with chest and telling everybody that your side's going to win because you can very quickly be undone. Um, but what I wanted to know from you, and, and I'm going to do the same for Spurs, but what have been your thoughts on Arsenal and their start to the season so far? It's always interesting to get an outsider's view because I think as an Arsenal fan, you can get caught up in the bubble. Um, you can get quite defensive. You can be you know, on board with a manager and, and therefore feel like you, you don't want to criticise any of his decisions or any of the summer moves or anything like that. So I think it's interesting to get that opposition view on Arsenal Football Club. So what have you made of their start to the season so far? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was having this conversation with uh, with my mate Ben, who's, who's an Arsenal fan, yesterday. And it, 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 I sort of see some parallels in a way to how it was with Liverpool a few years back. Liverpool, when they really got into full flow with Klopp, they were playing that really expansive, aggressive, high-pressing, swashbuckling, if you like, style of football. And I think that characterised a lot of Arsenal last year. I think you were really going for it. You were, you know, one of the most exciting teams to watch in the league. You played some sort of brilliant stuff. But then there was still a, a level, I guess, and I guess it came down to it in the business end, there was a level of sort of vulnerability to that. You'd left yourself open um, to counters, to conceding sort of the odd soft goal and everything like that because you played so front-footedly, if that's even a word. Um, <laughs> this year so far, what I've sort of noticed is that I don't think you've been, you haven't been as like attractive to watch, I don't think. There's been a lot more, I guess, function to what you're doing. And I think that's led some people to sort of say, oh, you know, I don't think Arsenal are, have quite got that same buzz this year. I don't think they're quite as good. From my perspective, it worries me a bit more because you're, you know, you've quietly had a very strong start to the season, right? And people are already starting to say, mm, you know, I don't know if Arsenal are up to much, but... You, you're still one of the most informed teams in the in the country, in the league. And if you are managing to sort of start to do this in a way that is, like I say, a bit more functional, perhaps a bit more boring, if you like, I don't know, you know, practical. We see this sort of from, you know, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City teams are not always the easiest on the eye, but they get the job done. If you're starting to turn into that type of team, like Klopp did with Liverpool, um, when they went from, like I say, being that ultra-aggressive team to being more of a functional side that then managed to get it over the line. That that does worry me as a Spurs fan, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying in that, you know, Arsenal, I think, have, have focused more on possession, control. Um, you've seen him add Kai Havertz, for example, to the mix. Um, we've now got a left-sided eight that's far more forward-thinking than Granit Xhaka ever was which means that we have more of the ball. We have more bodies in the right areas. We can control the game a little bit more, I think, in terms of, you know, suffocating the opponents. But I think what's just happened with Arsenal is other teams have clocked on to the fact that we're a serious side now mm -hmm. and they sit back and they, they sit deeper and they play with the low block. And sometimes Arsenal are going to have to be patient. And I agree with you um, that actually it's been a pretty solid start to the season, despite... Um, that one draw against Fulham, which people, I think, overreacted to. That's always the way, though, isn't it, in modern football? From my perspective, looking at Spurs, I just think the feel-good factor's back. You know, and I think that's massive. You know, we went through a period of time with Unai Emery at the helm. And, you know, I was very vocal at the time about the fact that I didn't think he was the right man. I found his style confusing. At times, we were really open and expansive and, and actually quite vulnerable. 
And at times we were boring and, and sat behind the ball and, and tried to play with the back five and three centre-halves and all the rest of it. So I think the feel-good factor is a really, really big thing. I still have questions about Postacoglu tactically, and that's not me wanting to throw shade at Tottenham. I think what he's done in terms of lifting the mood at the club has been sensational. And as Spurs fans, I'm sure you guys are loving going down there at the moment and knowing that you're going to be entertained. But what I'm really, really interested in and, and what I can't wait to see actually at the weekend is how he approaches a game like this one, a trip away to Arsenal. Will he sort of stick to the same principles in terms of the risks that his team takes, in terms of their shape, in terms of the way they attack? Or will he rein it in a little bit? That's what I'm really, really curious mm -hmm. to see. But overall, I think the start's been good from Tottenham. Um, James Madison's been a revelation. What a signing that was. And I thought Spurs handled it really well by not going steaming in uh, with an offer and, and sort of getting Leicester City's backs up it, it, to a point where they were going to have to pay over the odds for James Madison. They stayed patient. They made their interest known. Uh, Madison wanted the move, obviously, and, and the two clubs came to a very reasonable agreement. Yves Bissouma has come to life this season. Um, Saar in the midfield, I think, has been really, really good. Um, Vicario in goal, I'd seen quite a bit of him in Serie A, and I think he's a, a decent goalkeeper. Van de Ven at the back. I, I think Tottenham are in really, really good shape, and there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. And actually, given that we're probably going to see the fifth-place side pick up a Champions League spot this season as well, I think if I were Tottenham, I'd be feeling quietly confident about that. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think it is fair, but the, because we are flying, like you say, it's 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 brilliant. It's lovely to see us playing some like some good football again, um, and that is the main thing. You know, the sort of the veil has been lifted. We've had a manager in Conte for the past year who's come out and told us how crap we are time and time again. You know, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to see your own manager doing that to you. Um, and it led to a lot of division in the fan base. You know, there's a lot of the talk of like, you know, you're the type of fan that doesn't want success. It's your fault for this. It's, I'm sure you've been through all this type of stuff yourself, right? Um, but now it feels like we've got this guy that everyone can get behind. We're playing good football. We've almost overnight completely sort of transformed our team. Like you say, we signed Ibasuma last summer, but still, you know, he, he didn't figure it all last year. Again, another sort of... Uh, red flag to, to Conte's name. Um, so it's like players like Destiny of Doggy, who we who we signed a year ago. We obviously loaned him back to his to his parent club. But he's been a revelation this year. I think he's much further along than anybody expected him to be. So the makeup of the team looks completely different. It's fresh. It's new. Um, I mean, some might argue that United was the first test that the team faced, but I mean, really, sort of in retrospect, we can see United aren't really up to much this this year. So this is, you know, it is going to be interesting to see what happens this week. You know, is the first real test for this team, the system, a lot of these young players, because it is a young squad again. They are flying high on confidence. And, you know, we are playing well. We are playing well. It's not, I don't think it's just some new manager bounce with us. It feels like there's something more to this. It feels like there's more substance to it. Um, but like you say, it remains to be seen. I can't predict really what's going to happen in this one. Um, but I can't just from everything I've heard from the bloke and everything we've seen of him in the past, I can't see Postacoglu sitting back in this one. And, you know, that, that is going to be interesting because we do have players that can, that can hurt you. But at the same time, you know, when I'm starting to think about the likes of 
Saka. I don't know if Martinelli will be playing, but you know, probably even not. Tro- probably even if Trossard's not. playing, you know, you've got players there that can hurt us. You've got players like Odegaard that will be able to find those gaps that we that we will leave them. We have left because, like you say, we do take risks. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how we respond to that. But you know, we're a quick team. We're a physical team. All of a sudden, very young, a lot of energy there. So I do expect us to at least give you a game. And that's what I'm looking forward to because the past couple of years, you know, turning up to a North London Derby, turning up to the Emirates, under if it's, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo, Conte, Mourinho, sitting back, playing sort of Stoke City with all due respect type <laughs> football in the biggest game sort of, you know, for both of the clubs. It's it's just not the one, you know, you want it to be, you want it to be a fight. And that's that's what I think will at least bring to this one after a good few years of not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, overall, if you're a manager and you've just come into a football club and you want to embed your philosophy, you don't want to keep veering away from that. You don't want to play it for two, three weeks and then go, oh, but these lot are pretty good. So I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll bend the rules and we'll play in a different way because then you don't actually get that message across. You don't actually get it ingrained into your players. But I actually think, PSV the other night when they came to Emirates drew up a blueprint of how not to play Arsenal in terms of how open and expansive they were and the spaces that it left them, um, that it left them to try and keep control of. And they just simply couldn't do it. So I'm not saying that Angie's going to sit back, but I do think there'll be some level of pragmatism applied in comparison to what we're seeing normally. Um, but it, you guys know him better than I do. So I, I'm really fascinated to see how this is going to go. Um, I wanted to get, I wanted to do this because I thought this would be a little bit of fun because um, both of us doing this probably going to find it quite difficult. Um, I want you, Jack, to give me one thing you like about this current Arsenal side and I'll give you one about Spurs and um, just listen to the anguish in our voices. As we <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's an uncomfortable one, isn't it, mate? It's a, it's not a, it's not a nice question, but I would say you feel dirty saying it, don't you? Yeah, you feel dirty saying it. <laughs> I, I I would probably have to say though, and it's I think it's quite an easy one. It's it's Bukayo Saka. Like I don't think I've ever like if we're talking like one of your best players, then I think you know it's between him and Odegaard, Saliba's sort of partly in the conversation. But I think Saka really for the sort of for the box office for the fact he's. You know, he's got that from the academy, one of your own type feeling to him. Saka's one of the main men of your club. And for him to be actually not somebody I completely detest is like, I can imagine how much you lot must love him because he just seems like, you know, he seems like a good bloke. He's focused on his football. I mean, he's, he's absolutely amazing. You know, he's uh, he's a real kind of, you know, testament to sort of, you know, grafting hard getting in there to because for for an academy player to break through at a premier league club is a big thing right um but to break through and to make the sort of impression that he has done both at club level and international level you know he's he's a he's a really special player um so yeah you know i can't can't really dislike him because he like i say just seems like he seems like a nice guy seems like a nice guy he does, unfortunately. He? Yeah. yeah, unfortunately for you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's he's great, and um, and I think it's not just the fact that he broke through; it's the fact that he came into the side, got given an opportunity in a position that was completely foreign to where he wanted to end up. You know, he started off at left back in this team. He came in as left-sided cover because there was no other left-footed player in the ranks, pretty much. 
Um, and he come in and he took that opportunity. He didn't complain about it. He didn't do an Ainsley Maitland-Niles and tell everybody, I don't want to be a fullback. I want to play in midfield. Instead, he sort of took it on, said, you know what? I'm going to learn from this, regardless of whether it's the position I want to end up in. And he's found his path to becoming, as you say, one of our most important players. Um, I know that was really, really difficult for you. So uh, really, really appreciate that. Um, now it's my moment to uh, to struggle. But look, for me, it's, it's Ange Postacoglu. Um, I mean, being of Greek origin made me already like him a little bit before he joined Spurs. And now, obviously, by default, I have to dislike him because he's the Tottenham manager. But I'm finding it hard because just as a human being, as well as a football coach, and, and it's always the case that if you like somebody as a human being, you're going to give them more leeway. You know, I don't think the Tottenham fans would turn on him, even if things went sort of slightly south, as quickly as they would on Conte or Mourinho, because Ange Postacoglu's managed to build that connection already. Just the way he speaks is incredible. You know, I think he gets everybody engaged when he's talking. You you believe what he says, you buy into what he says. Just some of the, the moments as well, like when he was speaking about the Richarlison situation and sort of players being human beings. How can you not respect that? Yeah. How can you not respect in the fans forum when the, the questions had been wrapped up and he makes sure that um, the young gentleman in the crowd got to, to ask his question as well. These are the type of things that show him as a man in a really, really positive light. And if you like someone as a man, then you're going to, as I say, give him that leeway. And when the football's good as well, well, you're onto a winner, aren't you? You're onto the perfect combination. So it's Ange Postacoglu for me. I, I, I will never say that I'll wish him well because he's the Spurs boss. <laughs> um, but yeah, you got to say um, he's he's a class act. He really, really is. And I can imagine that that's almost amplified more by the fact that you've just gone from uh, Mourinho Conte um, in recent seasons to Postacoglu because the, the difference in terms of their humility and all the rest of it is is different. Is It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny, but I have to give a shout out at this point as well to my mate Yanni. He's uh, he's a Greek Australian Arsenal fan, and he's always sort of messaging me at the moment, being like, "Why did you have to hire Ange, man? Why did you have to hire Ange?" Like it's it's left him with a, a real horrible, conflicted feeling, you know, because he's obviously followed his career all, all this way. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, it's a it's a tough one. But um, I know you said it's difficult to predict, but I'm mm. going to try and squeeze a prediction out of you. Um, before we uh, wrap up. So uh, what have you got for us? How uh, how do you think it's going to go? I know it's difficult and we don't know team news and we haven't had press conferences yet, but just at this stage, how are you feeling about it? Look, I mean, like we, like we sort of covered, you know, we are we are two teams who like to play expansive, exciting football when, when the occasion lets us. Um, I think for the neutrals, this could be game of the season so far um for us it's it's not going to be as pleasant i do think if we if we come for you you know we are going to be exposed you are a team that's further along in your process if you like than we are um you've got a bit more experience there in terms of personnel and just that squad unity so you know it is going to be a real test for our lot um i you know we're very new to having Ange as our manager, so we don't even really know how he's going to go into this game. Maybe he will have learned from PSV. But there is something about this Spurs side at the moment. It's I don't think it's all just blind faith, and I don't think it's all just a new manager bounce. There's a real strength and there's a real new attitude developing here. So I do think it's going to be close. I, I, can't, 
I can't I can't predict Spurs losing. Um, but I think it will be I wouldn't expect you to. I wouldn't I th- expect you I, to. I think you I think you're gonna hurt us. I think there's gonna be a lesson learned for us to in this, but let's go with a I'll go with a two two. I'll go with a two two draw. Um, but it's gonna be yeah, like I say, I think it's gonna be an experience for for our lads. Um, but you know, still I still think we can we can hurt you. I'm going to go with a 3-1 Arsenal win, but I don't think it's going to be a 3-1 game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, in in the sense of it could be pretty tight and then Arsenal... Arsenal are the type of side that score goals in quick succession. So they can go Especially against us. I, yeah, I've noticed yeah. that. I've noticed that you always have these little periods in a game when it can be close, 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 and it's like, bang, 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 Arsenal are two or three nil ahead. And I'm like... Yeah. It's a, it's a characteristic of this fixture, particularly yeah. at Emirates Stadium as well. Um, and... Listen, it's not me being arrogant or, or cocky or anything like that. It's because I think home advantage in this fixture is massive. And I think recent years have shown us that. Obviously, Arsenal did the double over Spurs last season. But generally speaking, if you look over the last sort of five, seven, eight years, it's been a fixture that's tended to go with the home side uh, more often than not. So for that reason, I'm going to lean towards Arsenal. I think it'll be end-to-end. I think it'll be open. I think it'll be an enjoyable fixture for the neutrals. Um, and um, I've I got to be honest, I wish it was at 4.30 on the Sunday yeah. Um, yeah. so that we could have the build-up for the day, but I guess then you've got more time to be nervous when you wake up in the morning, so maybe it's a good thing that it's uh, slightly... Get it out of the way, and you can yeah. try and make an evening of it if uh, if things don't go your way, eh? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, but I'm going to go with a 3-1 Arsenal win. Um, Jack, thank you so, so much, mate. Um, really, really appreciate you hopping on. Um, let people know where they can find your podcast, what you're up to, and um, how they can follow you on socials. Um, well, yeah, podcast is rule rule the roost. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know how many Arsenal fans will want to listen to that, but you know, you, you can. I also, uh, if, if if you're interested, I do a I do a film podcast with my my good mate, mutual friend of ours, Mr. Yep. Ben Haynes. Um, bring your own blockbuster pod. So if you you know if you don't want to listen to me talk about talk about Spurs, but you thought I seemed all right. You can listen to me on a neutral venue talking about films. There you go. And bring your own blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, make sure you check it out. It's a fantastic pod. I've um, I've listened to a few of the episodes. Um, Cheers, it, it's one of those where I never thought that you could analyse films in that depth. I've got to be honest. Like, I've always been very much, is it a good film? Yeah, it's all right. Or it's good <laughs> or it's bad. But listening to you two is incredible. So uh, make sure you check it out. Bring your own Cheers, blockbuster. Man available on all major podcasters and that's with jack and uh, ben haynes as well uh, our mutual friend um thank you so much for tuning in to this north london derby special uh, we're going to be bringing you a tactical preview from the arsenal perspective on saturday morning so keep your eyes peeled for that and um yeah subscribe like all the rest of it subscribe to jack's pod give him a follow as well and we'll see you all next time until then take care and uh, up the arsenal sorry jack <laughs> I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.